0: You're listening to the Unpacking It Live podcast presented by MetaShare. Each week, Bryce, Luke, and Henry unpack sports, faith, and life with the goal of challenging, encouraging, and inspiring you to follow Jesus and become more like Him. Now, from Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here's your host, Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It live podcast presented by MetaShare. I'm Bryce Johnson. For the next hour, we will unpack sports, faith, and life with you and the Unpacking It community of sports fans. Happy Easter. Apparently, a lot of people have today off. I show up to the office that I have space in, and nobody was working, I set off the alarm. So uh, so I'm here. I'm here alone today. So we're excited, though. Uh, Luke's here. Henry's here. The first weekend in the NBA uh, for the playoffs began, and it was fun. Jordan Spieth won down in Hilton Head. The NFL draft is right around the corner. Some interesting storylines in the NFL. Voluntary workouts are starting up. We've got Unpack This about that. Uh, Also, we will do Tap Drill. The latest match has been released. USFL started over the weekend. There is a broadcaster kind of debuting tonight. He's making his return to the NBA. So I've got some thoughts on that. And uh, we'll, we'll have a blast throughout this kind of special, somewhat holiday edition of the Unpacking It Live podcast. So thanks to everyone listening on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Let us know you're here. You can leave your comments uh, wherever you're watching. We see them all come through. Henry is, is monitoring the chat, talking to you on the chat. So uh, so get him going a little bit and, and want to hear your uh, kind of reactions throughout the, the show. Also, you can let us know what you're convinced of today. Uh, always love hearing that as well. Uh, we are brought to you by MetaShare. My wife and I, we have been thankful to be Metashare members for over five years. MediShare has provided us with an affordable and effective way to pay for health care. MediShare is an innovative health care solution for Christians looking to save money without sacrificing on quality. Metashare is a biblical, affordable alternative to health insurance. And you can find out more information on MediShare.com slash it. Figure out if it's the right fit for your family. Get a quote. Check out how it's set up, uh, and, and you can do that on MediShare.com slash unpacking it. All right, Luke. Happy Easter to you. Happy start to the NBA playoffs. I know a little tough for you and your Dallas Mavs. Uh, we'll get your, your thoughts on that uh, today as well. But how was Easter weekend?
1: Easter weekend was really awesome. It was the second Easter my wife and i have uh been married for so that was really special and we had an awesome day making some stir fry with some of our neighbors so <laughs> the we, the, tradi-
0: the easter traditional that, meal
1: that's right so one of our uh, neighbors meal. he uh good buddy of mine's named Mason he is known for his stir fry on like Ooh. this uh this black top um griddle A grill A is uh, do what is it a wok, W-O-K? No, no I, I'm drawing a blank on the name. But okay. he, he, uh, he is a professional on this thing and makes tremendous stir-fry. So that's what we were doing yesterday. Uh, and it was a really good time. Got a little sunburned. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> we're entering into the time of the year where if I'm outside for more than 15 minutes, I get that beautiful red glow on my skin. So yep. gotta, gotta be aware. But what I wanted to bring up and I would love to know your thoughts on this, especially now that you are a father of two, and you are the only man in your house. <laughs> and it that is reminding me, no, it's it, great. It, it's Easter clothing. So one, how is your Ooh. Easter? But Easter clothing is a fascinating topic and observation for me, because every Easter, people show up to church with clothes they don't wear any other day of the year. and i would love to know how you navigate this as you have two young girls a wife so how did that go
0: yeah so that's a wonderful question and it it is hilarious how important the easter dress is and easter attire is uh i should say because a lot of people women wear easter dresses uh and then those of us we have to try to fit in somehow um So the, 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 strategy for me is I normally get a new shirt for Easter because, so I never shop. I mean, I, I never shop. I rarely get new clothes other than my birthday,
1: Christmas. Is it because Jody shops for you or you just never get Uh, new clothes? I very
0: rarely. I mean, I'm wearing, I mean, you, you would be saddened (laughs) by how old my, my clothes are, um, I, I mean, I still wear some, some of my high school clothes, college clothes. I'm still wearing I'm still, I'm, I'm I'm grinding it out. I have a buddy <laughs> who gives me free clothes, so that helps as well. But anyway, for Easter, you got to look sharp, right? Now, we know that Easter has nothing to do with eggs, bunnies, or clothes. Yeah. Um, I guess it does have something to do with it, even though it shouldn't. But all those which things is exactly. a whole nother
1: conversation, which <laughs> is fascinating.
0: Whole, <laughs> which is also fascinating now as a, as a dad of two, two young daughters, too. Yeah, uh, to navigate all of that. But it's not about the outer outer uh, garments. However, it's nice to show up feeling good at, at church with a new shirt. The problem for me, I got it was the last minute we ordered something uh, for me to wear. And it didn't show up until a couple of days before. Not a quick enough turnaround time to get it ironed. So I wore a brand new shirt <laughs> that was wrinkled. And so oh. I'm, showing up, I'm showing up in the no. Easter pictures wearing a wrinkled shirt no, and it was not a great look for me. So it was a, it was a problem
1: with the wrinkle instead of a, a different shirt that could have been ironed. Wow. Yep. It was not, not great. So So I I missed on that one. Did you guys match because (laughs) some families go all out on the matching and you're the, again, having two young daughters and being the only man in the house, I feel like you are in the situation where matching, you could not avoid matching if that's the route they wanted to go.
0: (sighs) Yeah. Thankfully my two daughters matched, but I, but I did not. So I was able to stand alone in in that. So I I did not have to fit into that. However, one of my best friends, I saw his wife post a picture of him on Facebook dressed, wearing the same outfit as his two sons. So I'm not, I I don't know if I'm calling him out on that or if that's questionable (laughs) you know, his two sons. All right, fine. You know, how old, how old are his sons? uh, They're like four and two. It's, it's a tough thing. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of, I don't know if I have a strong take yet, but I'm with you. I observe the clothing choices. I actually found myself kind of uh, talked to a guy for the first time at church on Sunday and told him he had a nice shirt on. Mm. So that was my opening line. Is that my best line? (laughs) Yeah.
1: I don't know. I don't know. It's not well, great. It's you fine. know me. I am very much against the traffic and weather small talk. So anything besides that, you know, hey, nice shirt. I'm I'm down for that. Madeline and I did not match. Couples matching, I don't know if that should be a thing. I, mm. I appreciate when Madeline and I have similar color schemes maybe. Oh, yeah, similar colored shirt. That's great. But all out matching as a married couple, it's a little too cheesy for me. Just wear but, one big shirt then. Yeah. <laughs> I I probably had the least outlandish Easter outfit I've ever had this year. Historically, I was pink pants guy, pink shorts Ooh. guy. Oh, wow. Uh, but the pink pants are at my family's house. They are not where we uh We're at Madeline and I's place right now. So I just went with the pink shirt. Pink shirt under the quarter zip. You know, I'm a quarter zip guy. It was a little chilly. Uh, but recently, this is unrelated to Easter, I've gotten into wearing my boots. And I am very much a city boy. And like I feel like I'm a hypocrite. You're about? Huh? You're talking about cowboy boots? Cowboy boots. Cowboy okay. boots. I feel like a hypocrite sometimes pulling up in my cowboy boots because I you're the lifestyle does not follow the cowboy boots. But for some reason, maybe it's living in Fort Worth for over a year now. Maybe the, the culture is growing on me. But I've had a fascination with my cowboy boots. So pulled those out for Easter. And uh, not a bad look, according to my wife, and that's there, all that well, that's all that really matters.
0: That, yeah. Ultimately, that's the key. It's like, all right, if, if your wife is encouraging you to wear something, it's it's probably a, a good thing yeah. in the long run. But I'm also not willing to be a total clown. I, I'm not going to be a clown show. So yeah, I put my foot down at times. If yeah, I'm not wearing that. That's not that's not going to work <laughs> for me. But I do try to get at least uh, at least one new shirt for uh, for Easter and. I'm so I'm more of a fall guy. Like I like the the maroons and the darker colors, the flannels.
1: Um, you're a flannel guy.
0: Well, I'm not, don't put me as a flannel guy. I've I've you've worn a flannel I, I on did, the show before, which was I a know, bold I, statement. I dipped my toe in the flannels, but I'm not a flannel guy. Um, but but I so in the spring, I I was always anti pink guy. I I never liked like in high school there was always like the. That was like a big trend for a while. A real men
1: wear pink guy. Didn't describe that Yeah, I wasn't that that guy.
0: I wasn't (laughs) that guy. I I held off for a long time, and then I finally, all right, I got a couple that are mixed in. Um, I'm still not, even with two daughters, eh, it's okay. Hmm. But I'm more the light blues, so there you go. Not the Carolina blues. Blues.
1: I was about to say, you're toeing the line there. Dangerous. It does get (laughs)
0: dangerous at times. There's no question about it.
1: Yeah. So, uh, but anyway,
0: it was a fun, uh, fun Easter time, and uh, we saw both of our families, and it was it was nonstop, nonstop fun and eating, and and so I'm I'm feeling it today. But there was a lot of great NBA taking place throughout the entire weekend as well, and so I did want to start there today for our I'm convinced segment because I'm convinced. The NBA playoffs don't need LeBron James, don't need the Lakers, don't need the Clippers, don't need the Knicks. We are loaded with stars, intriguing storylines, up-and-coming coaches, incredible matchups, and game one across the board gave us plenty to be excited about for the playoffs that are, are now underway. Now we have to pace ourselves because it's a lot of long series, uh, you know, best of seven across the board, uh, and then this dip, you know, goes all the way to June. It's a little bit different than March Madness, so the approach for me is a little bit different. Can't, you know, you can't get too high or low after Game One. Uh, we only saw a couple blowouts. The, the Sixers won convincingly. Uh, I did see some of that. Um, the, the, the Warriors pulled away. Um, so we'll, we'll see a couple. Uh, convincing wins and probably a sweep or two for sure. But when you get a buzzer beater between Boston and Brooklyn, that series is setting up to be absolutely tremendous. And so to go the opposite of what I said on last week's show, where I said golf needs Tiger Woods, I'm saying the NBA doesn't need LeBron or the Lakers or their big brand because – now, fringe fans are gonna have to give this a try because you may not. You're looking at the matchups and you're going, "Oh, the Timberwolves and the Grizzlies? Yeah, what kind of. Who are those teams? When did they get around?" Well, yeah, you probably haven't heard about the Timberwolves in 20 years because they they haven't been relevant. Well, mm-hmm. they are relevant now, and they got some stars, and they're fun to watch. And even the Grizzlies in the loss, John Morant had some jaw dropping dunks and moves and plays, and the crowd in Memphis is nuts. So, across the board, it's so much fun. Do you uh, do you agree with with this this approach to the, the playoffs?
1: So I agree. I just want to make sure you're okay with committing treason against your boy LeBron and the Lakers. So, so this is a big statement for you.
0: I still love LeBron. I still love the Lakers. They're a mess. So we got to move on from them temporarily. They're uh, you know trying to figure out trades, which may even involve my Charlotte Hornets, which is interesting too. But to me, there's just enough here. There's enough mm. in the playoffs. So let's just go through a few things with the Warriors. They're back. They're back. We got Steph Curry on the wall here. So they've got a new, they they call it the death lineup, right? Where it's just a a killer lineup with now they've got Andrew Wiggins. Now they've got Jordan Poole to go along with Green, Clay, and Steph. So they're back in the mix. Then they're they're going up against what, you know, maybe a back to back MVP in in Jokic. So then you've got in the East, you know, Milwaukee, the reigning champs. They get kind of this this upstart team with a bunch of veterans with the Chicago Bulls. So can Giannis take his team back to the playoffs? You mentioned the Suns blowing out the Pelicans. Chris Paul, he's still got it. They're they're picking up right where they left off last year. They're hungry after losing to the Bucs in the finals. So they're intriguing. And, And then, you know, really with the Celtics, this is a team that sort of fell off a little bit, and we didn't know what direction they were going to go. And then this year, Brad Stevens moves upstairs. Udoka takes over. A lot of tough names these days in the NBA. It's <laughs> like a worldwide game. It's a worldwide game, I'm telling you. And, and so the, the Celtics play like a team while also having a young superstar in Jason Tatum who hit yep. his first career buzzer beater, which is a big deal. Yep. And then to actually beat... The Brooklyn Nets, the team that everybody hates, right? Anybody joining me? We're, we don't hate. We hate this team. Yeah, um, fan hate, of course. Except our so, boy uh, Seth Curry.
1: We, lo- we love him. Seth. Yes. he's the saving I, grace for that squad. What a for, bummer for that likability. he included. I know. Yeah,
0: I hate that he got shipped there. You're right because he. We definitely root for him. So, well, so what's your I, favorite
1: matchup so far. I want to say, your take reminds me that. I personally am so glad to be out of the super team era for, it felt like from like 2012 to 2019, most teams were wasting their time playing in the playoffs. Like, hmm. you know, you have no chance. Maybe, maybe whoever LeBron was playing for, then either the Spurs or the Warriors or the Thunder. So those years, Yep. it was like, okay, if you're not them, well, I, you're just, I guess playing for fun because you have no chance at winning. So it's better to miss the playoffs almost. Yeah, let's get a better draft pick. But now, this year, I, I've i said this before. I love when teams who have struggled, who, who haven't been big names, are near the top. Memphis is a two-seed? How fun is that? Phoenix the past few years. The Bulls really in the mix this year. This year, there is such a large handful of teams that have a legit chance making it to their conference finals. I have no idea how this is gonna play out. It feels like a majority of the first round series. Man, I don't know who's gonna win. The two Memphis and Minnesota watching game one? Goodness gracious, awesome. Minnesota can win that series. All the four five matchups, Boston, Brooklyn that you were just saying, that's a great series. So as a basketball fan, yeah. Do we need LeBron? No chance. There is so <laughs> much great basketball to watch this season because there's, and I'm just so I'm such a fan of parody. I love when I don't know how it's going to play out.
0: Absolutely. Because it became, it was getting so predictable. Yes. Which is, which is again, it's
1: not fun. Okay. Yeah. These first round matchups. Yeah. It doesn't matter. We know who's making the conference finals. We know who's likely going to the finals this year. No idea. I have no idea. And that makes it great as a basketball fan.
0: Now we we debated this a little bit a couple months ago, maybe a month ago. You know, I still I'm a little bit different than you in that I still think it's between the Bucks, Warriors, and Suns. Th- those three teams are going to win it all. One of those three teams are going to win it all. And so you're you're a little bit more cracking the the door open for other teams. Yeah, I took the field, being in the mix. You took yep. the field. And, and so, no, I appreciate that. I, I think it's, it's, it's exciting to think that, that one of these teams could surprise, maybe it is the Sixers, that things click and and it, and it ends up happening. Yeah. Um, maybe Boston. Maybe Boston really is this legit. So, I, I I like the idea of that being a potential, but the Bucks still look good. When it comes down to the wire yeah. and Giannis needs to carry them, he can do that. It, with the Suns and Chris Paul, with the Warriors and Steph, Those teams have been there. They know what it takes, and I trust those teams more uh, at this point. But I love that the Warriors were down and out, and now they're back. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think it'll be fun for LeBron and the Lakers. Down and out, I assume they'll be back. I do. At this age, maybe not so much. It's probably a little bit longer of a shot. But going back to last week, that's why we love the Tiger story. He's out. He comes back. And and we do love, along with the parody that you're talking about, we love superstars. Uh, falling a little bit, struggling a little bit, and then making their way back and reminding us what they're capable of doing. And that's really what the, the Warriors are doing this year. And hopefully Curry can get back to 100% uh, and, and really shine. But he's got some other guys picking up the slack for him, which is, which is fun.
1: Yeah, and just seeing Clay Thompson in playoff basketball. I mean, come on. That's so great. Headband Clay, Headband The story of him coming back from ACL and Achilles. Remarkable. That's a, that's a really fun team. Absolutely.
0: Well, we'll get into some of the other storylines from the, from the weekend as well. And Kyrie Irving being at the center of controversy, which he loves. Uh, so so we'll, we'll try to unpack that a little bit. But I do want to get into unpack this and we'll talk a little NFL. We've been talking so much basketball here on the show. Uh, that The NFL is starting to get up and running again. So here on the show and, and each de- Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we do a devotional that we call unpack this. Basically, we take a sports story related to the Bible, related to our own lives. It's designed to encourage one another and and point each other toward Jesus and and get into the word and understand the word better. And and so we try to unpack it a little bit here on the show, and then you can read it later uh, in email form, written form, and you can subscribe for free on unpackingit.com. So go to unpackingit.com, subscribe to the Unpack This devotional, and uh, we'll send that to you Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. All right, so the NFL uh, voluntary workouts have begun. So the the voluntary off-season program. And what's interesting is all 32 teams are entitled to a nine-week voluntary off-season program, phase one, two weeks, with activities limited to meetings, strength and conditioning, and physical rehab only. All right, so this is taking place. The draft is coming up, I guess, ne- next week. And and so teams are starting to meet. Now, they're not getting on the field, uh, you know, hitting each other or anything like that. that. That comes later. This is more, they get together, they go over, they kind of, the coaches introduce the playbook for the upcoming year. New coaches, actually, those teams got to, they get first dibs at the voluntary workouts, introduce their, themselves, their plan, their philosophies, all that sort of thing. And so this is taking place right now. 12 or 13 teams are starting up today. And and so, you know, normally most of the players show up for these voluntary workouts. And why do they do this? Well, they want to establish team chemistry. They want to improve their skills. They want to develop and grow as players, spend time with coaches, and demonstrate their commitment to the team. And... Oftentimes, there actually there are benefits, there are bonuses and rewards for players who show up, even though they don't have to. And so each player has the freedom to choose whether or not they want to take advantage of the growth opportunities and the dedicated time, you know, with their coach and and teammates. And the other side of it, though, some some players choose not to go. Some of them are in contract disputes and. Some guys just say, nah, I'm good on my own. I don't need to go and, and be a part of that. Or eh, I've been doing it so long. I, I'm a veteran. I, I don't I don't need voluntary mini camp or voluntary workouts anymore. I'll let the young guys do that. And so everybody's got to make their choice, right? These these players that choose not to go, they're they're still the ones that are secure in their in their spot, their roster spot, they don't have to worry. Like, all right, I'm not going, I'm secure, I'm, I'm in, I'm good to go. But uh, they still have to choose to, to miss out on the value and the growth opportunities that are there. All right, so how does this relate to our own lives? Well, we're coming off of Easter, and hopefully everybody is fired up, excited, uh, remembering what Jesus has done for us. And we live Easter every day as followers of Jesus, right? It's the, it's the big celebration Over a weekend and we get to to gather and and take it up a notch and all that kind of thing. But every day we're we're living as as followers of Jesus because of the resurrection, because of the power that 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 rose Jesus from the grave, lives within us, and 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 God's faithfulness and love and grace was demonstrated on the cross and, and and then Jesus rising again. And so now, as followers of Jesus, what does that look like to live as a as a follower? Well, in relation to this, there are voluntary workouts for you and I to participate in while here on earth, right? And so we are securely on God's team when we surrender to him and, 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 and place our, our faith and hope in the, the death and resurrection of Jesus. But so we, don't have to worry, we don't have to worry about losing a losing spot, but we have opportunities to grow, develop, and become more like him, establish team chemistry with our teammates, other believers, and also demonstrate our commitment to him by participating in voluntary workouts such as fellowship, going to church, worship, corporate worship, serving at church, praying, meditating on scripture, studying God's word, fasting, taking a, a solo retreat, a soul retreat type of thing um and 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 in investing our our time and efforts into growth opportunities to know God to become more like him and to do so with other believers and so what a tremendous invitation we have to participate in this so why would we pass up this offer right these these voluntary workouts uh can be considered you know spiritual disciplines that that really are benefits, bonuses, rewards to to those of us that show up and 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 say, yeah, I want to spend time with God. I want to go to corporate worship. I want to serve God and, and others. And and so, First Timothy four eight, physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and the life to come. And so, an NFL player, he loves football. And so he wants to show up to voluntary workouts because he loves football. And so you and I, if we love God, we want to follow Jesus, then we absolutely want to do what's going to enhance our faith and help us become more like him. And so, Luke, curious your thoughts on what you've experienced in in your walk with the Lord as far as spiritual disciplines and and understanding that, yeah, we don't, we don't read the word or go to church so that we earn salvation. We we know that that's because of faith. It's not based on anything we do. But these are all opportunities for us to to grow and and mature. So how have you taken advantage of those voluntary workouts?
1: Yeah, yeah. Just to echo, we know clearly, our any type of work cannot save us. Uh, Ephesians two talks about that. Salvation's a gift from God. No one may boast. But recreated part of what happens or what happens when we're saved is good works and spiritual disciplines help with that. I guess my first response is sometimes we overthink spiritual mm. disciplines and we try to get so creative that we forget to do the the main things, which is reading God's word, praying and communing, fellowshipping with God's people in our local church. So, No matter what, how creative we are with the spiritual discipline, if we're getting away from those things, then we're we're missing the point. Mm -hmm. We need to be reading God's Word, we need to be fellowshipping with His people, which is the Church, and we need to be praying. Now, there are creative ways to accomplish those things, which has been something I've been thinking about recently. I don't know if you've come across something called a rule of life, Mm -hmm. but I learned about that recently. And it's basically like a, you can craft a document and outline how you go about your life, what your hmm. goals are, and then specific ways to do that. So there was one rule of life I saw by a guy named Jeremy Lineman on his website, and he had it broken up into four things. So he had community with God, community with people, human flourishing, and mission and call. And he had a verse, a vision for each of those, and then specific bullet points on how he wanted to accomplish those things. And I thought that was fascinating because I'm not a very organized person, but I have learned that I really benefit from some approaching each day with some level of organization. How am I going to accomplish things this day? And crafting a rule of life for how we want to go about our lives, I thought was fascinating. So I know you have organization in your life and whether it's through journaling or other things uh but I was wondering if you've ever heard of a rule of life because specifically in regards to spiritual disciplines I've been reading about crafting a rule of life for how I want to live my life basically as a follower of Christ as a way to be disciplined and have some type of accountability to fall back on man no I,
0: I haven't heard of that specifically but uh I love it. I think that's cool. That's absolutely helpful. And, and yeah, I mean, the reality is if we don't, if we don't have a, a plan for how we're going to grow and become more like Jesus, then we're just going to kind of float through. And then what we experienced, you know, through, through from Easter, but ultimately what we experienced when we first gave our life to Jesus, then we're just going to kind of stay there. We're going to stay as immature believers and, and so there's so much more for us to experience and to understand mm-hmm. and, and character that, that, that must change. And, and so we, we've got to be able to embrace these voluntary workouts that we can't take them for granted and we can't say, ah, I don't, I don't need them or I don't need to show up or nah, I'm good on my own because all too often that's, that's kind of the case. And actually on last week's uh, podcast, I, I just had uh, Andy Lee on for the, the interview podcast that we do. Uh, and we were, we were talking, to, he was sharing a little bit just how he got out of routine because of the, the pandemic. And, and many people can relate to this, where you stop going to church. Honestly, yesterday, you know, churches were probably packed everywhere and people came back to church for the first time in two years, mm-hmm. right? And and so hopefully that's not, oh, just a one-off, but you get back into the discipline of going. and And as we go, then we're taught the word we're mm-hmm. we're we're fellowshipping with other believers we're, we're we're rubbing off of one another we're pointing each other uh to jesus and and so that that it, it all these things factor in um we don't just you know sit, sit on sit on our hands so to speak yeah um,
1: and and we don't stumble i mean this is in my own life i definitely know this and then just as i've talked to other people we don't just Accidentally stumble into spiritual growth. Like ultimately, our spiritual growth is the work of God, Amen. And, but in some mystery, there is hu- our human effort that is involved. Like we don't, we're not, we're not just passively sitting around. All right, God, grow me. Like there, there is a responsibility for us to participate in spiritual growth. Ultimately, as God through the power of His Spirit is igniting that and leading that. But and that's where spiritual disciplines come into play. It, growing spiritually is an intentional thing in our own lives. And when I think of when I, through, through, through God's grace and through people holding me accountable, when I am intentional about my growth, man, it's, an, it's awesome. But then when I kind of sit back and, and there's been seasons or, or weeks or however long, and I'm just kind of passively going along, and growth becomes stagnant real quick.
0: I'm glad you brought that up. So uh, Philippians 2, uh, 12 and 13, this is the Amplified. It says, uh, Paul writes this, continue to work out your salvation, in parentheses, that is cultivate it, bring it to full effect, actively pursue spiritual maturity with awe-inspired fear and trembling using serious caution and critical self-evaluation to avoid anything that might offend God or discredit the name of Christ. For it is not your strength, but it is God who is effectively at work in you, both to will and to work, that is strengthening, energizing, and creating in you the longing and the ability to fulfill your purpose for his good pleasure. And so it is, it's its him working in us. And it's us actively seeking him, pursuing him, relying on him, and and you were use the word intentional, being intentional about spiritual growth. And so what are we putting in our, our ears? What are we watching? What are we what are we uh talking about with other people? Sharpening one another. Um, all of those things God will use uh through yeah. that to 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 grow us and change us and and strengthen
1: us. And I would I would just say Uh, So when I think of my life, when I'm trying to plan out things to do and I start having all these ideas, oh, I want to do this, oh, here's a great way to accomplish this spirit, here's another spiritual discipline, I overwhelm myself and I end up doing nothing because Mm. I'm trying to add so many spiritual disciplines. So my encouragement and what's worked for me is, again, I think of three main ones, spending time in God's Word, prayer, and fellowship with God's people— so for, for, for those of you listening and watching, what I have done is, what disciplines can I add to foster more of those things? Mm. Not all these creative, adding 30 different spiritual disciplines, but again, what can I do in my life to spend more time in God's Word, more time in prayer, and more time with God's people? And it's going to look different for everyone, the amount of time, what it looks like, how often, what time of day, but those three need to be our focus. Yeah, no, that that's
0: good. And yeah, I think other those other uh, you know talk about prayer, well to me journaling helps prayer. And so yeah, that can be the the focus. Yep. Uh, you talk about reading God's word. Being in a Bible study helps that. Yep. And and being with other other believers helps that. So, yeah, there there, there are other elements underneath those those three kind of core core tenets for for spiritual growth. Uh, I'm right there with you. so there's the encouragement today comparing it to voluntary workouts. you know NFL players that are getting better in the off season, they're most likely showing up to these offseason workouts they're they're building the chemistry they're 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 understanding their coach better. they're getting to know their coaches better and uh they're taking advantage of the blessings that that, that come from doing the voluntary workouts. so there you go. all right. Well, the, the NBA playoffs are taking place. we got that, that going on. And your team, the Dallas Mavs, are without Luka. So how are you feeling uh, about that? My, my team, the, the Hornets, lost in the play-in game, got dominated, which was very unfortunate. Um, so we talked about how excited we are about the NBA playoffs <laughs> earlier. How concerned are you with, with your boy Luka being
1: out? It's just disappointing like to to for the Mavs to be the higher seed to be hosting their surge for the first time since 2011 the glorious year of the Mavs championship it's just disappointing to have your best player injured and i don't think i mean may i'm sure there's utah jazz fans that are oh i'm i'm so glad luka's out but i i i'm not just saying this i've said this on the other side as a sports fan we want to see the best players play. Absolutely. Obviously, it's easier for me to say that because my team is missing their best player. But we want to see Donovan Mitchell go at it with Luca. We want. We all want to see Luca play. So, you know, it's disappointing, but I'm very proud of Game One. Um, this is a huge opportunity for Jalen Brunson to show. Hey, you know, I deserve some big dollars. He's in a contract year, and the Mavs played really well. I think if the Mavs can steal game two, that. No, no. I think Luka will return this series, but I don't know. I, I'm very nervous when it comes to calf strains and calf injuries because we Ooh. saw Kevin Durant retur- return too early towards Achilles. Calf injuries you have to be so cautious with. So I don't that, know. I was very pleased with the team effort to be able to have a real competitive game one. But the Mavs without Luca should not and will not win the series against Utah.
0: No way. But let's face it, the Mavs are not a championship caliber team yet. No. They are building toward it, so it's yeah. absolutely not worth pushing oh, Luca back not. Or,
1: or, or having I am further injuries. By yet. no means interested in risking next season for Luka uh-uh. to try to have some miraculous run. You're not. Mavs are not beating Phoenix in a series. They're not beating Milwaukee. No, so you're you're right. Um, I just want a competitive series, and I really even without Luca, I think the Mavs can make it competitive, but they're not going to win this series.
0: And that's always interesting too, because with with the way series are set up, even going back to March Madness, like people's or teams' goals are different. Like just getting to a series is a big deal for the Pelicans. Like they to me they they were ahead of schedule, like by even making the playoffs. um and then other teams is like hey we got to get to the second round hey we got to break through you know the grizzlies are just they're they're shocked to be in number two um so you know everybody's standards a little bit different but i think for dallas yeah i mean you got to have luca and if he's if he's out there obviously the expectations are are higher but to me it was if he's healthy then winning a a round or two would have been the win this year exactly Um, try to just suck it up to win two games and then go down in the first
1: round. No, I want to. I want to ask you about Charlotte. So, you know, I don't want to be Mr. ESPN hater guy, but I saw a segment after Charlotte missed or lost in the playing game. How something along the lines of is Lamelo's time in Charlotte coming to a close? Yeah, and I thought to myself, I was sick to my stomach reading that. I'm like, are, are we serious? It's, it's, not so... even, it's not even cl- uh, what? What are we talking about? I'm so glad
0: you brought this up because I I was thinking about this because I, I heard local radio talking about it too. This whole idea that players have to leave to go to the big cities are are we serious? Are we still talking about that? That's so that's so that's such an outdated take. It doesn't even make sense. I mean, think about it. even even just factor in the pandemic and how that changed everything. I mean, we got more people moving to Charlotte. I, mean, I can't even begin to tell you the traffic here in Charlotte. Where are they coming from? They're leaving. <laughs> they're leaving all these other places. So don't tell me that Lamelo has to get out of Charlotte. Are you crazy? So now, if if the Hornets don't build around him and and make the right decisions and get him the right pieces, and if you know Gordon Hayward can't play more than three games a season, it feels like and Anthony Davis, <laughs> they got to go be on their own team and play. Just go play at the Y or something, but um, <laughs> they too fragile. It took another sport maybe, um, but, but no, look at Milwaukee. Giannis stayed. Those guys in Phoenix are staying Booker and Aiton. Like those guys are building something. Chris Paul won't yep. be there forever. How, uh, how are the Clippers and the Lakers doing with their $420 million combined?
1: Get out of here. Can I also add, can we be more patient with team building? Why all of a sudden – well, I guess I understand why. You have to win now or you uh, – can we be patient? Ha- build a like, team Actually maybe. give your franchise time to build around your star. Yep. And I don't know, this championship or bust in, t- in a two-year window is ridiculous. It is so – you and I talked about it last year. It was amazing, regardless of who you're a fan of, seeing Giannis stay in Milwaukee yes. and then win a championship. Love by slowly building around him, Charlotte, give it time. Give it time. Dallas. I mean, Dallas. Now you're in year three, you're three or four. I mean, Dallas. Now you better start actually putting things together, but as a Dallas fan, it's not, Oh, we're not winning. We're not winning at all yet. No, that's not the mentality. It's Hey, are we building towards something? Yeah, but give it time. So absolutely. Yeah. It it, it it frustrates me when fans are impatient and they're only willing to wait a year or two years. Oh, got to blow it all up. No. It's, yeah, it's ridiculous. It,
0: or that the media pushes the narrative that these big time stars have to go to New York or L.A. Like, I can't believe that that's still a thing to talk
1: about when those three teams
0: are not in it. They're not yeah. in the playoffs. So no. why? What?
1: Why? Would I they mean, if anything, them? you definitely don't want to go to New York. If, if we've learned anything, yeah. is you want to avoid New York.
0: Yeah, I understand your show is based in New York, but don't don't give me that. I guess I'm talking from a guy based in Charlotte, but but still, I I stick by it with Milwaukee and now Memphis. John Morant's going to stay in Memphis, and don't tell me that Zion has to leave New Orleans. No, bring him back and put him with this great lineup of CJ McCollum and and uh, Brandon, Ingram, Ingram. Brandon Ingram. Yeah, that's and so, that's a great roster. That's a tremendous with Valanciunas. Yeah. A, Jackson Hayes is actually turning out to be a decent first round pick. So, they're building something. They got a young coach in Willie Green. Give it time. Now they get a little playoff experience. Yeah. And don't don't tell me that Zion has to leave to go to New York. No he doesn't. He can play in New Orleans and be just fine. Yeah. So, anyway, that's a good that's a good I'm, I'm Thanks for getting me all riled up. I was thinking (laughs) about it a few days ago. I kind of forgot about it.
1: Well, I remember seeing that. I'm like, oh, I've got to ask Bryce about this because this is just ridiculous. What, what, like what the what the conversation and narrative is turning into. So (laughs) I needed to ask a voice of reason, Charlotte fan. What are they saying on the ground? There you go. I, I like it. All right. So
0: we love doing the MetaShare Moment of the Week, and. I normally am not keeping an eye on college baseball, even though college baseball is it's a fun, it's a fun sport when you do catch it, but it's just not necessarily on the the forefront of my the college
1: World Series is tremendous. True, so it is very entertaining.
0: Yeah. So the uh, the the MetaShare moment of the week. Um, I was actually going to try to share my screen, but I didn't I didn't try to do it, so I couldn't. I, I all right, forget it. I'm just going to listen to this call. So this is Virginia and Pittsburgh. It's the bottom of the fifth, and no outs. And what happens? A triple play. Here we go. One two pitch four, four. on the ground, left side. Geloff
1: comes home for the force. Steal pivots, It's two. Oh, what a play! Ortiz tosses the ball. Runner coming to the plate.
0: It's a triple play. Let's go, triple wow. play! How great is that? So, it, it, well, the funny thing is, he actually didn't have a good idea of how many outs there were. So he he thought the inning was over, and they threw the ball, and then he went and got it and said, "Oh, the, the guy's trying to trying to steal home. Oh, this 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 inning is still alive," and he throws it just in time for a triple play. So that is the MediShare moment of the week. How rare and hard to, to, to accomplish a triple play. So we got to give some love to, uh, to Virginia on that one. So they, uh, they were able to, to do that. Now, th- as impressive as this was, on Saturday, for we celebrated Easter with my wife's family. My brother-in-law, he has uh, uh, an eight-year-old son and two daughters that are twins that are uh, five. And so we're out in the backyard, and they're playing kickball. And so I've made my way off the couch, and I'm out there, and, and hey, Brian, Uncle Bryce, you want to play a little little kickball? Hmm, okay. I'm, I'm wearing my Sperry's and which was a, a, another <laughs> another problem with you the are a, um, the I feel like
1: you are keeping Sperrys in business. You're a Sperrys guy, big Sperrys I, guy. I have worn
0: the same style of Sperrys. <laughs> for the last 10 years 10 plus years. <laughs> the exact same style i get a new one every couple of years oh, a new man. Pair. so um so anyway I was, I was wearing those and i didn't think so here's another side note whenever i show up to somebody's house i immediately take off my shoes i don't know where you come out on that but but i i was raised to take off my shoes when entering a home now some people think that's funny because it's like oh there's bryce with his bare feet or with his socks walking around my house. They would almost rather me have shoes on, but I have a strict, I'm taking my shoes off when I enter in. So if I have slip ons, that's always the best, that's always the best choice. That's why I I lean with Sperry's easy on off versus you enter a home and then you're fiddling around with tying, untying and tying shoes. I don't want to deal with all that. Take it
1: to the next level. Go the leather flip-flops route. I've been team leather flip flops for a few years now, and you know you want to talk about an easy on-off transition. There's nothing better. Wow! No, but I, with I like the to... recent boots phase I'm in, cowboy boots horrendous to take on and off.
0: Oh man, you're you're fumbling. You're you're having to lean on something.
1: Oh, oh I got an, I need a second hand. I got to call in backup to get these things off.
0: Yeah, you got to like sit down. I've yeah. only worn cowboy boots probably like two or three times in my life. So it's a rare, that's a, I don't own any, but anyway, so I'm, I'm, I'm at my, uh, in-law or in-laws, not my in-laws, my brother-in-law's house. And so we're outside playing kickball and I don't really play sports anymore. All right. I watch sports. I've got a ministry for sports fans. I'm all in on being a fan, right? So the activity for me is very minimal. However, growing up, I was very competitive, not always the best athlete, but very competitive. And every once in a while the switch gets turned on and I click, it's like, it's like, uh, I click in and I'm, I'm the juice just start flowing. And so As soon as my little eight year old cousin pitches, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to kick. He gives me all the rules for their backyard rules. And I'm like, all right, how do I hit a home run? There was no opportunity, was no opportunity for the over the fence home run. It was like, oh. you can't kick it into the woods. He told me you can't kick it into the woods. And I'm thinking, I want to kick it into the woods. <laughs> well, what I did was I found a hole in the uh in the infield and I gave it a good kick. And what did I do? While holding Maddie, going head to head with Hudson as the pitcher, <laughs> I kicked it past him, ran to first, ran to second, made my way toward third, all the way home for an in the park home run. <laughs> And I, I yelled as loud as I could, home run! Oh, I, I felt like I had just won the national championship. I had just won the World Series. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm reeling from the ham, the Easter ham. <laughs> and I'm going nuts that I just kicked the ball past an eight-year-old while holding a, a two-year-old. I mean, what a nut job I am. And then no. I get yelled at by the five-year-old twins saying, you can't yell like that. You're not allowed to yell like that. So mm. I, I broke the rules. I, I was too loud. I was too loud.
1: So there you go. That's my I thought idea. you were gonna say you've tried to kick it into the gap and end up hitting one of them in the face <laughs> with the hardest <laughs> kick they've ever seen. <laughs> which is <laughs> which is a happen. risk. You're already thinking risk. I've got to put this ball into the woods, but I'll i f- yeah. I'll try to squeeze it in this this gap between first and second. But
0: but just hey. imagine how what a yeah. nut nut job I am that my thought isn't, oh, we're just having a good little time kicking the ball around. I'm thinking, how do no I way. get
1: a home run? Yeah. To relive the glory days of, yeah. of kickball. They've got to learn. They've got to learn. <laughs> hey, Uncle Bryce, hey, we're calling Uncle Bryce out here. You're getting a hundred percent effort, Uncle Bryce. That's right. I'm not letting anybody
0: win. There's no yeah. winning. No way. No. So,
1: <laughs> it was uh Well, you holding fun. your daughter while wow, well, having an inside the park home run just makes it even great, right? even greater. I would have loved to see that in person. That was you you're sprinting the- around the bases, holding your daughter in one arm, trash talking with the other hand <laughs> <laughs> pointing would, at them.
0: I would also use the word sprint loosely, but I was, I was making <laughs> my way. I was fast enough to beat the eight year old uh, around the, uh, the bases. So, uh, so there you go. Happy Easter. Um, so, <laughs> Well, the other uh the other big topic uh that's interesting is the status of NFL quarterbacks right now. So we're heading into the draft and it just kind of hit me that we we don't we only have a few elite quarterbacks and then we have kind of this next tier of rising stars. You know, the Justin Herbert's Joe Burrow, like
2: that it,
0: it, it's still early. Like they've done a lot already. Yeah, still Burrow early. just took his team, but we're kind of getting light on the elite quarterbacks at the moment. Rodgers, Brady, and then you know Drew Brees is done. You know we've we've lost some of the top guys in in recent years. Philip Rivers, um, Ben Roethlisberger, Eli. Those guys are gone. So yeah, Tony anyway, Romo's gone. Tony Romo's gone. I saw a thing <laughs> today that he was comparing Tony Romo to Troy Aikman, and that, that somehow saying Romo was better quarterback. Something on social media. But anyway, the the <laughs> NFL right now. I don't. I look across the league. And the fact that we may not have a team draft a quarterback in the top ten, which is shocking, but it speaks to the the status that there are only a couple teams actually desperate for a quarterback. Hmm. And I would even say it's probably Seattle at this point, because even the Panthers, who I don't feel great about, but Sam Darnold at least was a top, what was he the second or third pick by third the Jets? I, I think, yeah. And he showed glimpses last year. He fell off the cliff midway through the season, but at least early in the season, you can talk yourself into, all right, we can at least roll out with Sam Darnold. The Steelers can at least convince themselves, all right, we can roll out with Mitch Trubisky. The, the Giants, Daniel Jones, the Falcons, Marcus Mariota. Like, to me, those are the bottom teams, quarterback situations. And, and so even the Saints with Jameis Winston. Like it's like all right fine we'll go with those guys. So to go into the draft without someone, you know, real even the the Lions with Jared Goff. It's like all right yeah we can ride it with Jared Goff. Yeah. That's fascinating to me. That that's that that's where we're at. Um now not that these guys are necessarily franchise guys, but what will this mean for the quarterbacks like Kenny Pickett? Will they they slip and then end up in a situation where, you know, they're a backup quarterback? and they may or may not compete for a starting spot during during training camp depending on where they go teams like the bucks and the colts can end up drafting a quarterback as their their backup of you know potential future and play behind you know clear clear cut franchise guys matt ryan tom brady so it, it's just a fascinating setup uh where where we're at so i, I don't know your, your thoughts on, is there a team that, that really is desperate for a quarterback? And, and just the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo may not find a home or that Baker Mayfield is, he's desperate for a spot. Whereas it felt like a couple yeah. of years ago, even, it was like, oh man, teams, we're looking for quarterbacks. We can't find any quarterbacks.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I just pulled out the draft order. Jacksonville, they have their guy. Detroit, Jared Goff, good quarterback. Quarterback is not the issue in Detroit. Uh, The Texans at three, Davis Mills showed enough to have a a second chance. It's just a very, very poor roster. The Jets have their guy. The Giants uh, probably haven't seen enough with Daniel Jones. Now you got a new coach there. Yeah, it, it seems interesting that we talked before the show. Mariota deserves another shot in Atlanta. Why give give him a chance, but
0: it's, but it's, it's not out of the question to think, all right, former number two quarterback. Now with some more experience as a backup, another shot, another, another opportunity. Let's see what he's got.
1: Yeah. So it is interesting because a lot of these bottom feeders have their guys or at least have guys that.
0: Yeah. Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson.
1: Yeah. The issues with those rosters aren't, well, we just need a quarterback. No, no, you need a lot. You need to actually build around some of these incredibly talented young quarterbacks. Very interesting. Very interesting. So Washington went on wince. It makes me think we've talked about Baker Mayfield to be a quarterback looking for a a new place to kind of have a second chance. It's very interesting because are there – are there less holes to fill at quarterback than usual? It's like where does Baker go? It's mm. it's not like there. We, we've talked about this. It's not like there are so many teams that have these glaring needs at quarterback. So what happens for a guy like Baker?
0: Yeah. Well, to think that a former number one pick is is begging for a job, yeah. almost sadly, sadly at, begging at, at for twenty six or twenty seven years old. Yeah. It's just, so I'm just trying to figure out, okay, how did we get here with the NFL? Like all of a sudden it's like, wait, everybody's kind of set up pretty well. And it's, I mean, it's kind of like musical chairs and he's the guy left out when the music stops. And and so there is talk here in Charlotte that the Panthers are the team leading the way to get him, but it doesn't seem realistic to have Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield. You're already on the hook for, for Darnold uh, financially. Now, if the Browns are willing to take on Baker's contract, Uh, that that's a different story. And then I would think other teams would get in on that. Because Baker, very cheap, you know, at a couple million bucks that you're on the hook for, is a good backup. And so some of these teams that are fighting for the you know playoffs and Super Bowl contenders, they would love to have Baker Mayfield as a backup if Cleveland's willing to pay most of his salary. So so that that's another story. But the the thing that the Panthers gosh, would go and trade and give up a bunch to get Baker Mayfield. That doesn't seem realistic. And I sure hope they don't. As a Panthers fan, that would not be my my choice. I've made it clear. I don't think Baker Mayfield is a franchise guy. I know there is this contingency of people that have said, well, look what Baker did, man. He won a playoff game with the with the Browns. Like, they never win. And, and he's able to do that. And look what he did in Cleveland. Eh, I think they had a good roster. They run the ball well. I,
1: Very it, 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 talented it, roster.
0: Cleveland very was willing talented. to give up on him. They said we're going to give up on him. Then why would I? Why would I want my team to go get him? That's true. No, thank you. So that's
1: where I come out on that. It is interesting, but yeah. Because for Baker now, I mean, Indianapolis seemed like, oh yeah, okay, he could kind of. Indianapolis is the plug and play uh, franchise the past couple of years, but they went with a, a very ancient Matt Ryan trying to milk the last part of his career out absolutely, and, and passed on, like you said, former number one pick who is in the age wise is in his prime entering his prime. And it's wild. they went with old Matt Ryan. It's, <laughs> it's interesting.
0: I'm all in on the Colts. They just signed Stefan Gilmore. I'm feeling good about the moves they they've made. They they're doing, they're doing a really nice job. Um, All right. One, one more thing before we jump into tap drill with Henry, uh, your boy, Jordan Spieth, got the win on oh, Easter yeah. yet again and kind of came back somewhat out of nowhere. All of a sudden, he gets that eagle. I, I, I happen to catch that one. And then he found himself in contention and was able to finish strong and win in a playoff uh, against Cantlay. And, and so so pretty impressive for him following the Masters that, you know, left a little bit to be desired from from Spieth for sure.
1: Yeah. Back-to-back years winning on Easter. It's also cool. So Madeline and I, our honeymoon was to Hilton Head. And we went on to the lighthouse. And we, and you can see down to the 18th green. So watching this tournament and seeing the lighthouse in the green, very fond memories uh, being there. It's also so cool. The, the plaid checkered jacket that the winners get to wear is, is really awesome. The most fascinating thing was, I can't remember which day it was, but it was not Sunday. Jordan, on 18, missed an 18-inch putt and dropped a shot. An 18-inch putt. One of those, oh, I'm just going to go tap it in real quick. It lipped out, and he ends up having to go to a playoff, and everyone's like, wait, is that putt going to cost him? But he ended up getting the win, which was awesome. Especially being from Dallas, we all love seeing Jordan Spieth win just because he's so fun to watch. So that was cool. and it's a great tournament too you find him fun to watch so maybe fun's not the right word it's more (laughs) emotionally exhausting because he's so chaotic to watch gets himself in the trouble miraculous shots out these very low lows very high highs it's not jordan speed fandom is not for everyone but if you're ready for the roller coaster ride It's a good time. I know
0: it is. It's, it's high highs and wins and then he misses cuts and it's, it's crazy, but I guess that's the the life of a golfer anyway. Um, All right. Well, let's jump into a tap drill. Uh, We are brought to you by MetaShare. Check out MediShare.com slash unpacking it and be sure to uh, get a quote and figure out if MetaShare is the right fit for you Uh, has been for, for me and my family. So I encourage you to check that out. All right, Henry, Man, a lot going on in in and around the, the sports world, and the NBA playoffs continue tonight. How are you doing,
1: man? We got your hat backwards. Look at you. It's a hat backwards kind of day.
2: Yeah, it's definitely a hat backwards kind of day, especially after the Easter weekend. And happy Easter weekend, happy Resurrection Sunday to everybody. Uh, it was a busy weekend. Resurrection um, Monday, baby. Let's go. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, we did. Um, we we had uh, our annual crosswalk on on Good Friday, where at 10 o'clock a.m. We walk from our church to downtown Waterbury. That's about a three mile walk. And um we have the men and women carrying crosses along the way to commemorate uh, the walk that Jesus did. So we had that. Then wow. we fed the homeless. We went to one of our um one of the members of our congregation, our women's president's. Our woman's president has she works in a shelter and they were giving out food for that weekend. Then Friday night, we had the seven last words of Christ. And mm. so we so we did some commentary on that. And then, of course, on Easter Sunday, we had two services on Easter Sunday. We had uh, what we call a sunrise service at 530 a.m. And then we had our normal uh, or I shouldn't say normal, our regular Sunday morning service at 1030 a.m., where everybody, as you guys correctly indicated in the beginning, coming in with the hats and the suits (laughs) and the fashion show. Me, personally, I was in clergy, so I didn't have to worry about any of that. Oh, there you go. It takes the pressure off. Exactly. Probably for the best. All right, boys, let's jump into some tap drill. And Bryce, you were talking about the kickball game earlier, and you you had your daughter, you're running around the bases. I couldn't think of a better... (laughs) broadcaster to highlight this momentous (laughs) occasion than our boy Gus Johnson. Gus Johnson is (laughs) back, ladies and gentlemen. He is calling the Raptors Sixers game tonight, and then he's calling another game later on in the week. So, boys, Gus Johnson, NBA, TNT, let's go. Man,
0: this was such great news. So exciting to hear you know I miss having him during March Madness, and and so to now get him during the NBA playoffs, I, it's just such a it, it's just ridiculous that he's not in in more big time games. He's a, he's with Fox, and so he does just kind of college football here and there, college basketball, and so he he dabbled in NFL last year. Now he's getting into the NFL, and and so to me he needs to be in key key games, key moments. I'm I'm fired up for tonight. Can't wait to
1: to watch and listen as yeah. Gus Johnson is on the call it's 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 beautiful we get to watch basketball with gus johnson on the call and then throw it to ernie and the guys in the studio
2: (laughs) oh what do we do to deserve this i know yeah
1: gus johnson wasting away calling big 12 football games on fox are you kidding me this guy is one of the greatest broadcasters to ever do it get him on the big stuff come on (laughs) so very excited
2: you got yeah. Gus Johnson and Kevin Harlan are right there. Put them anywhere. Put them at a football game. Put them at a basketball game. And you can't you can't help but to listen.
0: That's it. They have the excitement. That's what we want. It's fun. Very cool.
2: All right, boys. Going into the NFL, and Bryce Bryce, I know you like talking about these guys. I know they're your favorite people in the world. We're gonna be talking about a kicker Ooh. or maybe a punter. Yeah. Well, if you talk to Matt Ariza, he actually wants to do both. So he's going into the draft. He's originally going into the draft as a punter, and from all, from all signs, he's going to get drafted probably in the later part of day three of the draft. But he wants the NFL teams to know that he's not just a punter. You could bring him in as a kicker also. Now, NFL teams usually get the punter on when the kicker Goes down with an injury. I'm not too sure how that happens, but he actually wants to do both. So, what do you think of Matareza being a punter and a kicker? Well, to me, this should be a thing in the NFL
0: because it saves a roster spot. I mean, I remember years ago the Panthers had a place kicker and a kickoff specialist and a punter to have oh. three roster spots. I mean, it's like, come on, what are we doing here? So if, if, if somebody could get good enough at both, the problem is to be elite at both. We're, we're talking about 32 kickers, 32 punters. So if you, were, if you were a guy that could get to that level for both, it'd be very rare. Um, however, if, if it was me, I would rather be a punter. And so I think I've made it clear my thoughts sometimes on field goal kickers. But, uh, but to be a punter, we just Andy Lee was on the show. encourage you to check out that podcast. 19 years in the NFL. He's heading into year 19. And to me, the consistency of being a punter versus kickers, man, they get cut so easily. It, it's, it's, it's hard. It's it, to me that the pressure's greater. greater. Um, so I would choose, I would choose punting, but an it's interesting no brainer.
1: It's, it's difficult to make an egregious mistake that hurts your team as a punter. Yeah. It's not and, as showcased. And it's also difficult to really affect the game in a big way as a punter. So you can just be there forever. like Punters, uh, yes. Do they have an important role? Well, yeah, to some extent. But they just kind of, yeah, I'm not going to do anything great. I can't do anything tremendous to really impact the game to where I'm deciding if my team's winning or losing. And it's hard unless I just have butterfingers to really hurt my team's (laughs) chances and winning or losing my team games. So yeah, be able to play in the NFL for 15 1670, <sighs> so many years and never have to get hit. Oh yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Well yeah, what a better life.
0: Go, go and get a hit though. Get a tackle.
1: Yeah. You're not expected to hit, but if you make True. any contact with someone and come out successful, you're a hero. So <sighs> the the foundation is set for, for to you have for to wow. Losing my words here. The foundation is set for you to not fail, basically, which is great. That's right.
2: Making Absolutely. tackles a la Pat McAfee, making tackles on um, <laughs> special teams. All right, boys, let's keep it moving here. And, of course, if you like the match, get ready for a match. What is it, round three now, is it now? But the special match, like I number think we're, five. we're talking about five? Oh, okay, then. Yeah. But in this particular The Match, there are no pro golfers involved anywhere. Instead, we got four of the best quarterbacks in the NFL going at it. Here is the pairing. We've got Tom Brady, arguably the greatest quarterback of all time, only if you talk to Aaron Rodgers against the, M- the the future Hall of Famer, Pat Mahomes, unless you talk about this guy, Josh Allen. So what do you think of the pairings for, for the upcoming The Match? Gosh, this is intriguing to watch four stud quarterbacks out on the golf
0: course, uh, going head to head. I imagine there'll be plenty of, of trash talk. Uh, yeah, this, I, I guess I'm, I'm a little surprised they didn't put Rogers and Mahomes together with their state farm. Uh, I feel like they could have played off of that, but, <laughs> um, but anyway, but no, these are four big names in, I think it's in the middle of the summer, right? This should, this should be, this should be fun to watch. I, I mean, you're not you're not watching to see how well they're hitting golf shots. It's almost you want to see how bad they are probably but to <laughs> me it's the banter it's the the uh relationship between the four the two of, of each of them.
1: I'll be intrigued to see that on that stage uh for sure it's it's wild that I guess their're thinking is we don't need anyone who does this for a living. Yeah, it's golf is just the means to get them on camera together now, which it is very interesting to me because the match started with Tiger versus Phil. That's right. And now and now it's just four quarterbacks competing in golf. It's just it's it's very interesting. I, I'm going to watch it, but I'm not dying to watch it. So to me, some of. I'm it. It's getting annoying in some parts where. The interviews, the guys can't hear who's asking them questions. There's delays. People are talking over each other. I don't know. Yeah, I'm kind of – part of me is kind of getting sick of it, and I've I've seen enough.
0: You know what? It it would actually be better if they recorded it and cut it down and made it – you know what I mean? It doesn't have to be live because who cares who wins? Like it doesn't – to me, that's not what it's about. So I would turn it into a much tighter, better – TV show to where I can't commit four or five hours to it, but give me an hour and a half. All right, then I'm, I'm in and, and just yeah. show me the highlights and then get some, you know, really get them when they're talking versus them standing around.
1: Yeah. So We're trying to talk over each other because of the delay of the call yeah. or, and that, that's the only problem we've had with the Manning cast is when there's a huge delay, awkward, or when people try to talk and begin questions at the same time, because there's a delay. So, all right, I was going to mention this because last night I, I happened to
0: catch a little Sunday Night Baseball on my way to watching the NBA playoffs. I was about and to say, that
1: could not have been intentional, you no, Sunday no. Night Baseball. So
0: believe it or not, this is what was happening. I was folding clothes, listening Ooh. to Alex Rodriguez on the special mega cast or whatever they call him and Michael K, the K-Rod cast, whatever it is, and I was captivated. I was what? absolutely captivated by a rod. I, I hate to admit it. Cause I, I'm not really an a rod guy and he's okay on shark tank. I've seen him on there a few times and um, yeah, he's fine. But I, the conversation that he was having and the stories that he was telling, I was like, this is great. I don't want to turn it. I don't think I turned it until a commercial. And I was like, Oh, I got to go catch the end of the bulls bucks game. And, and so, uh, Interesting. So anyway, I, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good.
1: We need to send this clip into Major League Baseball because one of the biggest haters of Major League Baseball (laughs) and Bryce Johnson (laughs) is watching baseball over NBA playoffs. I know because of this because of A-Rod. So also send this
0: clip to my wife because I was folding the clothes.
1: That's so. right. When you first began saying this, I'm like, "Are you doing like an act of penance right now? You're watching baseball <laughs> and folding laundry. What did you do wrong? This is a this got to be a punishment. What, folding laundry, good. watching baseball. What are we doing here? It was for the kickball incident. I wasn't supposed to. Oh, true. I wasn't supposed to yell true. In the
0: backyard. That's what my five year old uh, nieces said.
2: Yeah. So, well, breaking beautiful. news. Uh, breaking news. Bryce Johnson is watching baseball and folding clothes at the same time. We got to save this clip. Some <laughs> right. more some more breaking news for you guys. Back to the world of golf. And you know, I'm hooked on golf when it comes to Connecticut for the Travelers Championship when it comes here June 23rd. Uh, we've got some updates as who's to who's going to be there. We got number five in the world, Rory McIlroy. Number seven, Dustin Johnson. Excuse me, Justin Thomas. Number nine, Dustin Johnson. And just committing... To the Travelers Championship is Scotty Scheffler. Oh, yeah. Coming to River Highlands, and I'm definitely going to be there. So what do you guys think of Scotty Scheffler coming into the Majors' fifth tournament? Wow. The Majors' fifth tournament. Um, (laughs) Well, so I
1: was disappointed because when Madeline, my wife, was living in Connecticut, she was going to volunteer there. But then COVID happened and kind of ruined that. But she was going to be in the hospitality VIP tent. With her traveler shirt, she works for travelers.
2: Oh, I've seen, I've seen and that. Was be able it's to definitely VIP. There. You ain't lying. It's definitely VIP.
1: So I, I was looking forward to hearing how that went. Um, but Travelers Championship is awesome. So, and you know, I'm Team Scotty Scheffler. Any chance to watch him play golf? I'm in. That'll be
0: exciting. That's a good, good field. I like it.
2: Go ahead. I'll man. make sure. last last one, man. Actually, that was the last one we actually just threw that in there. As a matter of fact, oh, you know what? One more. we would we gotta get back to football. Kinda of, sort of football light, if you want to call it. Uh did you guys watch the uh, any of the USFL this weekend?
0: I only caught uh like actually I saw this incredible touchdown catch. That was about the as much as I saw, but I don't even know who it was. The the renegades or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh but I was I was very uh I don't know what the, the 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 term is. There were no fans in the crowd. Like it was, those were empty stadiums. So what what was that about? I mean, I, I was, they're like ten dollars tickets. They couldn't get enough people there. So that was uh, that was a little discouraging. But you know what jumped out to me are the coaches involved. Jeff Fisher wearing his hat like uh, Henry over there. Larry uh, Fedora was you Larry, Fed- well, and then your former head coach Kevin Sumlin.
1: Yeah, it, I was. In, I had no idea these guys were going to be coaches in the USFL. It's it's fascinating, but I can't understand. So Sumlin,
0: why, why like at, at his age, this is the best he could do? I, I just I'm I'm surprised by that.
1: Uh, yeah, you got to think there's a college job for him. Uh, yeah, like even having Clay Helton on on the Unpacking It podcast, going to Georgia Southern, like there's there's jobs. So I I don't know.
0: I, yeah, that's that that was that was surprising to me to see him at the USFL. Wow. All right. Well, great show guys. There's Tap Drill. Thanks Henry. Appreciate you. Uh Luke, great show. Thanks to everybody listening on this Easter Monday. Uh if you had the day off, hope you uh are enjoying it, soaking it in. Thanks for spending some time with us here on the Unpacking It live podcast and thanks to everybody that listens later on. Hopefully you've already subscribed to the unpack this devotional, and hopefully you were encouraged today as we talked about voluntary workouts in the NFL and how that compares to spiritual disciplines and, and taking advantage of the opportunities for us to grow, to know God, to become more like him, and, and to fellowship with other believers and embracing those, those voluntary efforts. But the, but the benefits and the value uh, is immense and eternal for sure. All right. Well, thanks for listening. We'll be back, Lord willing, next Monday. And in between then, we've got some awesome podcast launching interviews uh, that we've done. Luke just mentioned Clay Helton. Highly encourage you to, to check that out. I think we're releasing that on Tuesday. So uh, that's going to be a fun one uh, for you to hear. He was He was fantastic. Really strong interview uh, Andy Lee last week, Lorenzo Romar last week. Uh, so be sure to check out the unpacking it podcast anywhere you find podcasts. And thanks to everybody listening live here today. I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected and through faith I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day, and we will talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It Live podcast presented by MediShare.
2: For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T dot com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackinit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.